0: On the vibe, I'm joined by Joel Hoekstra of White Snake, Iconic, and now the Revolution Saints.
1: David was great from the get-go. We just, we hit it off from the moment I sat down to speak with him. You know, we just clicked. I mean, what's not to respect about David Coverdale? If you can't sit, you know, sit across the the desk from him in an interview and have respect for everything he's achieved in, in music, then, you know, you're not, you're missing the point, you know? We just got on great and we still do get on great. I mean, we just spoke uh, yesterday on the phone and, um, you know, he's, he's a wonderful guy. I mean, he's just, you know, great, great positive energy guy. And, um, um, really enjoy uh, David a lot. Be, and oddly enough, one of the songs on there I wrote the guitar riffs for when it was still Doug and Jack Blades. So mm. I had kind of given Alessandro like a songwriting idea because he said he got any riffs that might fit with Revolution Saints. And um, so I gave him one and ended up making the album with me actually in the band which is kind of a funny story and I think you know Doug actually recommended me because I think Doug was kind of looking to dedicate more time to Dead Daisies and, and said that they should get me to do it and um, so you know Doug and I have a great relationship contrary to what people might think about you know sometimes people take over from people in bands I think we're supposed to be like mortal enemies or something well, this, but, this
0: is like the second time you've replaced him now isn't it yeah but
1: he's, he's a great cat you know? I mean we, we've gone along too. From the moment I met him. you know, Doug's been nothing but great to me. In fact, on the Monsters of Rock cruise, we played basketball together. On uh, you know, on a team, we had the team of rockers. It was uh, Doug and myself, um, Gary Sharon, Nuno Betancourt, and Richie Kotzen. We were the basketball team, so the rocker team that uh, took on the cruisers. Yeah, I've been doing well. Just. Um, you know, wrapped up the Trans-Siberian Orchestra Tour and, um, Back home for a bit, mainly um, recording and teaching, and I've got a few, like, random gigs coming up. But, uh, yeah, just kind of, like, not being on stage for a minute's not so bad. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> After eight shows a week for seven straight weeks or whatever it was, that's uh, <laughs> kind of a welcome break, actually.
0: No, I get it, man. So I'm here with uh, Joel Hoekstra. Thank you very much for joining me, Joel. Yeah, thank pleasure.
1: you. Taking the time out. Appreciate it.
0: <laughs> um, so on on the show, I like to kind of start off by taking a look at the you know the early years of uh, a musician. Um, so with that in mind, uh, when like what was the the thing that kind of first got you in, in, into wanting to play guitar in particular?
1: Uh, Angus Young, you know, uh my parents had me doing cello and piano at a young age because they're both classical musicians, and then uh basically saw an ACDZ video when MTV had just kind of started and it was like that's the coolest person I've ever seen in my life. I want to be that guy. So turns out I was about a foot. I turned out about a foot taller than him or something, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, I still admire him and think he's, uh, the greatest, uh, um, rock showman ever really. I mean, he's quite amazing. So you think about it, you've never seen a minute of that guy taking it easy up there, have you?
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All the world tours and everything. It's pretty amazing that he sustained that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that kind of ties into my flow there. The um, I usually kind of dive into the, you know, the band that kind of you really connected with growing up. I think everybody has that band. I mean, obviously, I presume it'll be ACDC.
1: Yeah, ACDC was definitely the first love And then, uh, you know, Black Sabbath, Ozzy, Iron Maiden, Scorpions Those were all, like, the stuff right out of the gate that grabbed me And, like, basically heavy metal, you know Mm -hmm. And uh, then, you know, my horizons just kind of broadened as I went I I got into, um, you know, more melodic bands Like uh, Boston and Foreigner and Journey And, you know, bands that weren't necessarily heavy metal But, like, great musicians that rocked and, um, um, you know, that that kind of bridged into like, you know, the progressive bands as uh really liked Rush and Yes and um all the guitar stuff. I grew up in that big guitar instrumental guitar era. So it was like, you know, the Ingve albums and uh Joe Satriani and and Steve Vai and Steve Morse, you know, that stuff was all a big part of it. And classic rock. I grew up listening to a lot of 70s stuff and even sixties stuff you know i always had we had a couple of great classic rock radio stations in uh the chicago area where i grew up and um so i you know grew up equally influenced by led zeppelin and pink floyd and um Jimi hendrix you know it would be the first ones that come to mind but like you know classic rock very open-minded to um all of that as well was a big part of my influence so you kind of if you put all that stuff together um you kind of get where i'm coming
0: from <laughs> Mm. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you obviously grew up in that, that era where it was that, you know, the, the classic guitar hero, you know, it's, you know, you got you, as you say there, your Angus's and a bit later, you know, your Eddie Van Halen's and, um, you know, you don't see as much of that now, kind of like your, like that standout guitar hero. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's like a little window of time. Yeah.
1: Well, it's. I think you know times have changed. You see a lot of that online uh, with mm. people going the technical route all the time, or mm. a lot of these fascinating videos where people have worked out one man versions of songs and things of that nature. But um, you know, I, I feel like the days of like the david gilmore mm. is kind of like what we're missing right now the 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 player that kind of connects with people on a song level um and becomes the guitar hero that route um but um you know hey man it's it, it, i think it's all great anything that gets people mm-hmm. playing music and like working on music and um, the new generation of shredders are are very inspiring for me to to watch and see and you know um, it's great. I, I think it's awesome that people are still working on music and, and, uh, putting in the effort.
0: Mm. Um, jumping forward a bit. Um, of course you, you first joined the, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you know, I believe in later the latter half of 2010. Um, how did that kind of first come about? I mean, as obviously we just touched on it there, it's kind of, uh, having read, it's kind of become part of your, your winter holiday tradition that you have these kind of, uh,
1: yeah alex alex skolnick had long held the position and needed to take a year off to tour with his jazz trio and i had a couple of friends in the band put my name in and say this would be a good guy to um check out and i auditioned first with al petrelli the music director and uh that went well and then with paul o'neill the uh, founder so um um yeah those those both went well and the next thing i knew i was in tso which at the time was kind of like is this too much because i was playing with night ranger and i had just gotten the broadway show rock of ages so i thought well i got these two gigs that fit great together because i could take off at rock of ages when i needed and i thought getting trans-siberian was the first time where i was going to have to say to night ranger i'm not going to be able to make it in november and december if i do this tour um so it was a little scary. It was a scary uh, time to go to them and say, guys, you know, uh, there's going to be like two months a year where I'm not going to be able to do this. And um, so they were cool to their credit and and let me um, sub it out and gave me the opportunity to build um, during that time. So um, big thanks to them for that. And um, here I am still with TSO now all these years later. It's funny because at the time I thought maybe maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Um, and now, you know, it's some 12 years in.
0: Mm. I mean, it's obviously quite different from all of the other stuff that you do, really, isn't it? You know, it's a bit more... um you know, it's not not the conventional choice, I wouldn't say.
1: No, so. there's nothing conventional about TSO. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's everything is very like extravagant and huge and gigantic. And, yeah. you know, um, it's a massive production. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, it's, it's important to recognize that all gigs you get as a guitarist are going to have their pros and cons. It's important to focus on all the pros with every gig. And, you know, TSO gives me the opportunity to play for arenas twice a day with a bunch of great, very talented people in that band, you know, I mean, they're all just great guys and, um, and, and girls, uh, or women. Uh, so having the opportunity to, um, get to know all them, that's quite a talent pool in Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I mean, there's some extremely talented musicians in there, so I'm honored to be a part of it. And, uh, all these years later, um, so that's you know those are those are the big pros for me having that you know this awesome connection with all the musicians there and getting out and and they've got an amazing fan base very dedicated very diehard you know they come out to multiple shows and they're there every year it's a tradition and so there's a lot of great things um about being in trans-siberian orchestra i'm lucky to be there really
0: <laughs> i mean i, I imagine being you know, surrounded by all these kind of top caliber musicians, it's just like a, a great, uh, experience, you know, to maybe kind of expand your horizons all the time. If you're getting these people that are just of another level. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, you know, it's a great networking experience because I mean, uh, a lot of the things that transpired um, in my career, you know, getting to know Jeff Scott Soto there better on a personal level. We had met each other and we were kind of friends, but we got to know each other a lot more through being at TSO rehearsals together. Jeff tours with the West Band and I tour with the East Band. So we technically don't tour together, but spending that time with him certainly helped to, you know, uh, lead to me working with him on his Damage Control album and start our relationship with him working in Joel Hoekstra's 13. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, and many other people, Dino Jelusic. you know, uh, getting to know him and, and bonding with him and working with him. And, you know, I've made guest appearances on Jeff Plate, our drummer's album uh, from his new band, Alta Rain, and uh, Chris Caffery, um on his Spirits of Fire record. So, I mean, it's a great experience for just getting to know a lot of musicians, a lot of very talented people and bond with them and get you know, additional opportunities.
0: Of course, speaking of opportunities, uh, obviously in in 2014, uh, you joined Whitesnake. Can you remember, you know, when you were kind of first approached for the role and kind of what was going through your head at the time? I mean, I'd be like... This is a believable kind of moment. It would be surreal. I mean, I,
1: I, it was really me. I was I was really pursuing it. I mean, I, I found out Doug was leaving and um, I just wanted to get an audition. And so I sent some existing video links to, to Reb, who I had a friendship with already, and said would you be willing to pass these along to David? I'd like to just get an audition. And then I didn't hear anything at first. And I thought, come on, who else would know David that would get me an audition? And I happen to think of my friend Phil Carson, who manages the band Foreigner, and also managed Dee Snyder. And Dee Snyder was in Rock of Ages for a bit. So Phil was around, and we have a bit of a friendship. I filled in for Mick Jones on very short notice um, in 2011 for a stretch with Foreigner. So um, Phil wrote David and got me a proper uh, audition. And that was everything went well, and so it was. It was really me kind of going after it more than it was David pursuing mm.
0: me. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you've just finished the the farewell tour. Um, you know, look, looking back on that, and you know, you know, having performed and, and worked with David Coverdale, it's you know, what what was that? You know, is, is there a highlight for you? Is there something that you, um,
1: you know? David right? was great from the get go. We just we hit it off from the moment I sat down to speak with him. I think it, uh, where he was in his career, he wanted somebody who just, you know, um, kept things in perspective and was professional and um, was easy to work with, treated him with respect and did their job, tried to play their best, looked their best, all that stuff, show up on time, all the professional stuff you hear about, right? So, um, you know, we just clicked. I mean, what's not to respect about David Coverdale? Mm-hmm. If you can't sit, you know, sit across the, the desk from him at an interview, and have respect for everything he's achieved in in music then you know you're not you're missing the point you know so uh anyway that was fairly easy for me to do we we just got on great and we still do get on great i mean we just spoke uh, yesterday on the phone and um you know he's he's a wonderful guy i mean he's just you know great great positive energy guy and um really enjoy uh, david a lot
0: hmm is it you know obviously playing in these huge kind of arenas and stuff is it is it a, a bizarre thing for you or does that kind of come natural i mean i, I spoke with a a guy the other day yeah. um uh, called cormac neeson from the answer and uh he spoke about he came out uh, supporting acd scene it was like a hundred thousand people or something and it's like this kind of weird surreal moment
1: that worked out well for me because you know the when I started doing the bigger places, it was with Night Ranger, and we were all, quite often, if not the first of two bands, the first of three bands. So there was that kind of thing where you know you could be playing for twenty thousand people, but people are kind of finding their seats, and the, so you <laughs> kind of like want the seats full. You know, you're like, where's the twenty thousand? You know, some of the shows are better than others. You get out there, and there's more people in their seats, and um, but that got me acclimated to playing bigger venues. Um, um, certainly us touring with Sticks and REO and um, and then Foreigner and Journey in 2011 is a real standout um, moment. And that, of course, led to me kind of filling in for Mick, as I mentioned earlier, in Foreigner and playing with both bands for a stretch there. So, yeah, and that was right at the time when TSO kind of you know, had come along. And so I was just beginning to adjust and obviously went on to do arenas with Cher as well and, and go on tour with her. And so, um, you know, all that experience put together just makes me feel kind of really comfortable with it at this stage mm-hmm. of the game. But it was a nice way to kind of get into it with night ranger and that opening slot where you're kind of, you know, not completely stressed out and like walking <laughs> out and seeing every seat full <laughs> and everybody staring at you. And, um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, the great, great, uh, great times getting, you know, into that world finally after a long, long wait of trying to get mm-hmm. there.
0: um of course uh, over these last few years you've seemingly been kind of one of the busiest people around I mean uh, (laughs) releasing uh, your second solo album joining uh, the supergroup Iconic releasing that debut album Uh, and of course now you've joined uh, the Revolution Saints with their new album on the way as well um I mean, uh, first of all, I mean, how do you have time? (laughs) And uh, uh, how did that kind of whole Revolution Saints opportunity happen?
1: So I just make sure I work every day. Um, (laughs) That's my main thing. I break it down to like a daily thing. I don't really take days off, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so that kind of helps to, you know, make you I guess realize what you actually can achieve if you work hard. And there are some times I I've been guilty of overloading myself and go, Oh my God, I play 14 hours a day for the next stretch, you know, a few weeks or whatever to get things done. But, um, you know frontiers and i that's frontiers is really responsible for um the connection with iconic i mean that was really their um idea michael sweet and i had been talking about doing something and they wanted to do something with nathan james surrounded with some classic rock people a little more experienced um and so the idea was, hey, well, let's put the two things together and let's um, let's see what we get here. So that's how Iconic came about. And then they were like, we'll find a drummer and bass player down the line. And I certainly didn't expect to see Tommy Aldridge, my White Snake fan, <laughs> and then uh, Marco Mendoza. But that was obviously a pleasant surprise to see that they had come through with a, like a you know great fantastic like name rhythm section and uh um that was awesome and then revolution saints you know that uh, definitely serafino and mario at frontiers uh had me in mind and i think you know doug actually recommended me because i think doug was kind of looking to dedicate more time to dead daisies and and said that they should get me to do it and um so you know doug and i have a great relationship contrary to what people might think about you know, <laughs> people take over for people in bands and i think we're supposed to be like mortal enemies or something well, this, but,
0: this know, is like the second time you've replaced him now
1: isn't it yeah I? but he's, he's a great he's a great cat yeah. you know i mean we we've gotten along too from the moment i met. Him. you know doug's been nothing but great to me and um so you know um in fact on the monsters of rock cruise we played basketball together on uh you know on a team we had the team of rockers it was uh doug and myself um Gary Sharon, Nuno Bettencourt, and Richie Kotzen. We were the basketball team, so the rocker team that uh, took on the cruisers. So uh, yeah, Doug's a great dude and um, helped me out there too. I think just maybe he—I don't know who initially brought me up as the person, but you know, Dean and I know each other from obviously the, that tour in 2011 is really where we formed a bond because that was all three of us. Oddly enough, Jeff Pilson was out mm-hmm. with foreigners, so Jeff and I knew each other really quite well from that experience and, um, you know, both, both great guys and amazing musicians. And, um, you know, my thought process was, am I taking on too much? Maybe I'm taking on too much. Maybe, um, maybe it's not something where I want to be like hopping in uh, you know for Doug again and um, but you know in the end like what wins out is the the concept of like working with Dean and Jeff I mean if you were a guitarist and you get that opportunity you go well I mean those are two like amazing musicians man like why am I why would I say no to this you know so in the end that's what wins out for me you know you go well it's an opportunity to make music with two guys who i really like and that are amazing so um Mm -hmm. here we are
0: yeah um speaking of that do you do you have a a particular favorite track off the upcoming album maybe one for for fans to look out for
1: um you know i really liked the whole album i didn't I wasn't able to identify what the label was going to pick for singles. Um, but there's a lot of singles coming. There's a lot of promo for it. Yeah, so people can look forward to a lot more of that. I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, there's a lot of promo coming. Um, it's strong. I think the album is strong. It's. Uh, I was really, really happy when I got the mixes and, and listened to it back. Um, and oddly enough, one of the songs on there I wrote the guitar riffs for, when it was still doug and jack blades so Mm. i had kind of given alessandro like a songwriting idea because he said he got any riffs that might fit with revolution saints and um so i gave him one and ended up making the album with me actually in the band which is kind of a funny story so um <clears throat> yeah, here here I am like playing it back on. Wow, it's so weird because I kind of wrote the riffs thinking, what would Doug enjoy playing?
0: You know? <laughs> it ends up being you. <laughs> yeah. It ends up being me. You know, for for any kind of aspiring guitarist out there, do you have maybe any advice for them or or maybe even a piece of advice that you got given over the years that, that you've taken for your own? Uh,
1: I mean, my thing has always been to just work really hard and try and outwork other people. Um, I've always had that workmanlike approach to guitar. Um, <clears throat> we're kind of, you know, professional guitarists first and foremost. So I've made my way with guitar since I've been really like twenty when mm-hmm. I got out of G I T. So I've been able to make my living as a guitarist the entire time, albeit like a lot of it was teaching guitar lessons when I was younger. Uh, kind of teach guitar lessons and supplement it with gigging. But even back then, I, mean, I was teaching 70 students a week and doing gigs. And so um, it was like, you know, I've just always worked really hard. And then you throw yourself really hard into every opportunity that you get and you see what opens up um it's not things are not always going to work out exactly like you planned it and sometimes it's like really cool you know the examples i always give with that are the broadway thing being on and rock of ages for over six years on broadway was i never was sitting there playing black sabbath riffs at 11 years old going someday i'm going to be on broadway and (laughs) uh you know same with the share gig i never i would that would never would have been like on my radar as a kid going like someday i really want to play with share you know but Both of those experiences ended up being great uh, things to expand my um, my career and um, work with very talented people and really, I, you know, especially though the Rock of Ages thing being so long lasting and fitting with the other stuff, that gave me an opportunity over that over six years to basically have a gig every day. I mean, mm-hmm. it was I was doing more gigs than there were days in the year at that point in time.
0: I think that's such a a great way of just honing your craft, though, isn't it? You know, if you're constantly playing and particularly to a live audience, I don't think you can really replicate that by just playing at home or or doing something.
1: Yeah, I think that that was a very valuable period for me to be on stage that much. It was like Mm -hmm. just kind of blink and I was on stage again. I was on stage for six years straight, pretty Mm -hmm. much. I mean, that's the way it felt, you know. (laughs) So that, that was a great experience, learning experience for me. I mean, all of everything you go through is, but I think the bottom line is to just, if you're going to do it, you just do it, you know, like you just do music. So you don't try and plan or think about like exactly what you want to do because things don't always work out exactly like you want, want them to you know be and like if you identify one band that you want to be a part of you're maybe setting your sights too narrow you know you gotta just kind of like throw yourself at everything and see what takes off and as luck would have it for me what ended up taking off was all the music that really got me into playing guitar you know i mean like kind of the the 80s hard rock thing is eventually what took off
0: Mm. i mean you you briefly kind of touched on it there with sure but uh do you you like obviously that's quite a different thing do, do you feel that you know just having that new experience is kind of you know like done, just taking these opportunities and, and and going with that do you think it's kind of uh expanded your repertoire and and
1: yeah without a doubt man just trying to go after different gigs and you know where i grew up in chicago that was kind of the um definition of what a good guitarist was that you're only to. Mm-hmm hop all the different styles and play different types of gigs. And um, <clears throat> you know that, yeah, being, being open-minded helped me out a lot. Like I have done a lot of stuff that people aren't necessarily aware of, like playing in acid jazz bands in Chicago when I was younger and, um, I've backed up countless singer-songwriters on acoustic gigs, and like, are in their bands or played on their records. And um, I was in a hip hop band for a while, and you know, we opened for the Roots and opened for Ludacris and Kanye West. And I mean, all these are great experiences for me, just to like kind of become a well-rounded musician, you know. And uh, it's you know, I don't I don't regret any of it. It's it's all kind of helped me just to you know have a. A good mind for like what's appropriate, what's tasteful to play, what's what fits the gig. You know, how do you work well with others? How do you fit in? Mm, there you
0: no. go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool. I, I think I think that's really useful to have that. You know, to kind of transcend these genres. You know, I think that's a great way of creating something new out of it as well. If you're looking at working on material, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, the most important thing was pro musician, you know, and that mm-hmm. was like the rockstar thing is like frosting on the cake, you know. <laughs> Having anybody say that you are or or perceive you as such is great, you know. But um, for me, it was like I want to get through life with my guitar as like the way my job. Like, I don't want to have to go like wait tables or I I mean, I would have been screwed, man. I don't have any other skills. I mean, this is it. So I didn't give myself any plan B's and I just worked really hard. And there, there were some tough years, you know, of, of working a lot and gigging a lot, but not necessarily being successful and kind of, you know, going to every family gathering as the loser of the lot. And, you know, so there's all that stuff. I'm I'm that same guy that like, oh, there's a lot of struggling musicians out there that think we don't get it. I get it, man. It mm-hmm. took me a long time for things to open up. And, um, you know, now that things have that just inspires me to work all the harder because you realize like, hey, hard work is really what made this happen.
0: Mm. Um, a question i always like to to finish on ask every guest that comes on it's a bit of a hypothetical one uh if you could tour with one band from the past and one band from the present who would they be
1: <clears throat> um gosh man
0: <laughs> everybody struggles I, with this
1: <laughs> yeah i i don't know man that's that's a tough one um I mean, I think I'd look wildly inappropriate, but I think it would be such great fun to, uh, you know, play an ACDC still, because that's kind of what got me started in it all. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great fun. Just play some, you know, straight-head rock and roll. And um, I would love that. Uh, I'd love to, um, I'd love to, like, be the backup guitarist for like trevor rabin uh, or something like in his band i think from yes and i like trevor's so talented man as a producer and a guitarist and singer and songwriter and mm. um that's somebody that i would love to like back up in their band someday um gosh i don't know that's that's the first couple of people that kind of come to mind but you mm. know the, you never know man I, I i like to stay open-minded like i said as long as the people are talented and like positive people, like cool people to work with that you're not, you know, feeling miserable about life. That's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to happen. I mean, that's never happened to me, but I hear about some nightmare scenarios out there. For the most part, I've been really lucky. I feel like I end up in situations where I'm treated
0: well and people have been cool to me. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's really cool. Um, well, thank you very much for joining me, anyway, Joel. And uh, obviously, obviously, for those that that want to check out the uh, the latest uh, Revolution Saints single, the link is in the description below. And uh, apparently, there is going to be many more promos and singles coming. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very much, Joel. I, awesome. I really yeah, my that. pleasure.
1: Thank you. Appreciate the support. Yeah.